church, you know, the first time that I sang through this song, I didn't really get those words when it says, I'm not enough. I thought, oh, is that putting us down or something? But who knows when you're facing giants in your life? Who knows when you're facing issues that are too big for you to handle on your own, that this song resonates in your heart and it's easy to sing. Lord, I am not enough. Who knows that with me tonight? And it is so good to be able to join together as a church, isn't it? To say, though I may not be enough, Jesus is more than enough. He has grace. Praise Him with me now, church. He has grace more than enough, more to spare. He has power more than enough. He has strength more than enough. And He is good enough to want to help us. And He has He's with us here tonight. So we thank you, Jesus, for being right here in this room with us tonight. We thank you for your presence with us, Jesus, that you want to talk to us and that you are strong when we are weak. Amen. Why don't you take your seats, everyone? Thank you, team. Thank you. So in the Bible, it says to greet each other with a holy kiss. But it also says there's a season for everything. And now we're in a season in the world where we're just going to do things like knock elbows or tap feet or wave from a distance. So tonight, how about I get you to turn to the people around you and welcome them with just a flick of your eyebrows. The old what's up eyebrows. Just say hello to the people around you. What's up? (laughs) So I want to welcome you here. My name is Kylie. I'm part of the team at One Heart Church. Just really, really welcome if you are new to One Heart. We're really so glad that you're here and um, hope that you're having a great evening and that you have an encounter with God. And um, so great to have our Tumby crew. Let's give them a round of applause. Always lovely on a third Sunday of the month to join together as ACC churches on the um, lower tip of the peninsula, but where we all live. Um, You know, what I want to speak about tonight is um, I'm preaching to myself, don't worry. Uh, And um, I'm grateful that I've been able to hear a preview of it prior to tonight, but I'm still preaching to myself. And I want you, as my beautiful community of believers around me, when I come to you, telling you my next litany of woes I want you to throw it back at me okay can you do that for me throw it back into my face I practice what you preach woman and give it straight back at me I'm definitely preaching to myself and I hope I'm preaching to some of you as well let me just start by saying that um, a week or two ago I joined a Facebook support group I mean I'm on Facebook okay let's just put that out there first of all don't judge me too much um, support groups are statistically helpful. Okay, if you join a support group, it's meant to it's meant to help you. And I'm on lots of networks. Like I'm a trainer. I'm on a training network. I'm on a I do Squarespace. I'm on a Squarespace network. And I thought there's an issue that's happening in my family life right now, and I and I wondered if there was a support group for it on Facebook, which it was. So I joined it. 
And I was only on it for one day because man, was it depressing. The image that came to my mind, I wasn't sitting there all day, just only love could last not even one full day of listening to everyone in that group. Because what it was kind of like, the image that came to my mind was of like a big room and all these sick people, like a constant stream of sick, needing, desperate, pained people coming in and sharing their story and going, I need help and only bumping into other people who are sick and desperate and saying, but I need help. And then they're bumbling around going, I need help. And this one's like, me, I need help. And there was no doctor in the room. Everyone was searching for the doctor and he wasn't in the room. And as a believer, we come from an astoundingly privileged position that you may forget about sometimes, that we know the one who is the healer, the doctor, the healer of our souls, who is Jesus. And even at the most lowest point of our lives, we're not walking around, bumbling around going, but I have no idea where to get help from. We know the one who is the source of all help, which is Jesus. Amen. Thank you. So, you know, I said before about if you're facing giants, I'm sure you're all aware of where I get the reference from, from David and Goliath. I want to speak a little bit about David and Goliath tonight. And just to give you a little bit of context to make it a little bit more realistic for you, um, I'm going to ask Ty to show us a picture of a real-life Goliath. This is a boxer who's a Russian... I'm not sure how to say his name, Valuv, um, and he's called the Russian giant Goliath. And that's his manager. Look how scared even his manager looks next to him. It's like, oh, am I allowed to get into the ring? He's a giant. And so when I talk about like David coming up against this giant, David's just a young man at that time. He's coming up against an actual giant. Only Goliath was covered head to toe and bronze and and shields and he even had a shield man in front of him he was well covered and shielded and uh and ready to rumble a bit like this Russian dude which ironically I think someone called David did actually um take him down one time look the story of David and Goliath um David is just in the fields and he uh he's told by his dad take the cheese and the bread um to your brothers who are in the army and um, tell me what's going on. Come back and tell me the tea. Tell me the news. Uh, tried to be cool for a minute. Didn't pull it off. Tell me the news. That's what his dad says. So David arrives at the army. There's a valley. And on two sides there are hills. And on one side there's the army of the Philistines. And on the other side is our crew. That's the Jewish army. The ancient Israel army. And every day... This giant Goliath, they send their champion out to taunt and mock the whole Israel army. The whole Israel army could swamp him, but they're frightened and they keep running away because he's just so arrogant and he's so scary looking. And he's saying, you know, come down and fight me if you can. He's just daring them to do it every day. And every day they run away. David rocks up bringing the cheese sandwiches to his brother's. And he looks at Goliath with the faith of God behind him, knowing that even though he's the little guy, not even part of the army, he knows God can take that giant. 
God can take a giant. Let's read what David said. Isn't it so like faith just inspiring to read this part? If you haven't read it before, let me read it out loud to you. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 45. So he arranges, he's like, I'm going in there. Everyone's like, oh, don't be a weirdo, David. You're so little. Put on this armor. He's like, no, I don't need it. I'll just take these stones. He goes out there face to face with the giant, armor bearer in the way. And he says, you come at me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin like they're nothing, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, who you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. Gets a bit gruesome here. I will strike you down and cut off your head. And I'll leave your dead body this day to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth so that all the earth will know that there is a God in Israel and that this people will know that the Lord saves not with the sword and spear for the battle belongs to the Lord and He will give you into our hands. Standing before that big massive giant covered in bronze, covered up completely big javelin and a spear. He's taunting them every day. Every single man that David knows is cowering every single day. He's just there to bring the cheese sandwiches and he's like, I'm going to cut off your head. And everyone will know that the Lord has the battle with just a few stones. Come on, am I preaching to myself here? Woohoo! Go, David. What kind of faith is that? Don't you want to have that kind of faith? In order to stand before the giant that you're facing and go, oh, my God is going to cut off your head and I'm going to drag your decapitated head around so that people will be able to look at it and know that my God is mighty. Amen. Well, I know you're stunned. Speechless. Glory to God. Psalm, oh sorry, Proverbs 28.1, if you'll show that for us, Ty. Proverbs 28.1 says, The wicked run away when no one is even chasing them, but the godly are as bold as lions. Will you repeat that line with me? The godly are as bold as lions. Go. The godly are as bold as lions. Solomon wrote this proverb, Proverb 28, and I wonder if he wasn't thinking about David, his father, who told him that story over and over, or all of his other, you know, the people who were around at that time in the army, how they would have told Solomon as a little boy, you know, all of the rest of the army was running away. The giant wasn't even chasing them. He's just like taunting them, just kind of mocking them each day, and they would run. At his like kind of faith, come on, I dare you. And they'd run away. And then comes David, God-filled, the faith-filled man, bold as a lion. I really, I read this and I see David's story in that, don't you? The godly are as bold as lions. You watch those lion shows on, on TV, those documentary about lions? It can be like one lion and like 5,000 whatever's wildebeests and the lion's like yeah I'll take them I'll take them all and he goes for it and they run away and they charge him and he's just like I'm still charging why is a lion so bold because they know they have strength behind them 
and they have muscle behind them. They have speed behind them. They got power behind them. They got teeth. They got claws behind them. And they're not afraid. They're bold. And if you are a believer in Jesus and you have Jesus behind you, then you have Jesus' power behind you. You have Jesus' authority behind you. You have Jesus' strength behind you. You got the claws and the teeth of Jesus behind you. The claws and the teeth. Has she lost it? And then Colossians 2 say that on the cross, Jesus disarmed the powers and the principles and authorities in the spiritual realm. He disarmed them. He tore them to shreds with his claws, his spiritual claws on the cross. He disarmed. If we have the power of Jesus behind us, if we're a believer today, then we can have the boldness to face giants. And, you know, I know that people here are facing giants. I know that I am. I know there are people facing giants maybe on the podcast and in this room right now, who are facing a giant of addiction. Oh, that's a, that's a nasty one. That, that's like a giant that kind of grabs you by the scruff of the neck and you're fighting and you're kicking, you're working so hard and it just won't let you go. Well, there are people fighting the giant of mental illness. And that's a really nasty one. That one kind of looms over you, so it's shadow, just casts its shadow over every part of your life, doesn't it? There are people who are fighting giants in your marriages. And I know you, you pretend and it looks fine to everyone else. You know it looks fine to everyone else, but you know at home, between you and your spouse, that there's a giant there that keeps pulling you apart, that keeps dividing you and you can't come together for whatever reason. There's a giant in the way. Some people are fighting a giant of finances, a giant financial just giant in the way. And that one's like a tree. It like grows kind of like poison ivy or something. It kind of, you can't keep it in a financial box like your wallet. It kind of grows and gets its tentacles into every area of your life and into your mind, into your worry when you're trying to sleep, doesn't it? It's financial giant. There are giants in our lives. Parenting. Some of you are facing a giant in your parenting. And you feel like the whole family just can't get down the path we were meant to go because there's just this giant in the way and we should be going forward, but we just, how do we get around it? So if you're facing a giant tonight and you're feeling like, I'm too small to face this giant. I'm too weak to face this giant. I don't have the skills to face this giant. I don't have the wisdom. I don't have the strategy. I don't, I didn't want to face the giant. How did I end up in this arena? I was just bringing the lunch. I don't want to face the giant. I'm not equipped to, I can't face the giant. If that's you today and you're feeling so small, be encouraged by David the littlest of the little. He wasn't even part of the army. He wasn't trained. He didn't have any armor, but he went in the power of God. If you're facing a giant today, then you need to hang on to Jesus and believe in Jesus, who is the giant slayer. But if you want to have 
the power of Jesus behind you, you can stand only in front of Jesus. If you want to have the power of Jesus behind you, you can only stand in front of Jesus. You can't stand over here. You can't be dabbling in other philosophies. You can't be following astrology. You can't be um, following other gods. You can't be, you know, trying to be a Buddhist at the same time. Following only Jesus alone. You know, in the Bible, God says, I am a jealous God. There is one God. I'm a jealous God. You can put no other gods before me or beside me or ahead of me. And I know some people read that and go like, jealous? Like, isn't that a sin to be jealous? Isn't that like greedy and possessive? And it's a Ten Commandments says to be, you know, don't be envious. So how can there be good and a jealous God? But you see, God talks about it in the context of a loving, protective relationship. God talks about being a jealous, jealous God in the context of a marriage. Now, I am married. I have a beautiful husband called Mike. He's the best husband you could ever have. He's not even here, and I say that freely. But if he started to wander around and go, I'm coming to your house tonight, but on the other nights I'm going to visit my other wives, I'd be saying, no, 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 no. I am a jealous wife. You just get one wife, me, and there's no other wives or you lose me. If you want all the benefits of being married to me, you just get me. Those other ships have sailed a long time ago, darling. I'm a jealous wife. It's not being possessive or greedy or envious, is it? It's being protective of a special, loving, committed relationship. And that's the context that God says it in. He says, I'm a, I'm a jealous God. You can't have any other gods beside me as well as me going on at the same time or above me. There's only me or else you don't have me. It's Jesus or not. You know, the worldly wisdom says, don't put all your eggs into one basket. Which is really good advice for eggs, I guess. It's not wise advice for your faith in God. Our faith in God is to put all of our eggs in the one basket, is to put all of our faith in Jesus, to be bold as lions with our faith in Jesus. You're looking at a woman who, you know, when struggles come in our lives and our families or whatever, we do everything we can. We, you know, if we got coronavirus, we'd go to the doctors properly and we'd self whatever, isolate and we'd use alcohol gel and all that kind of stuff. When we're hungry, we eat food. When we're, you know, cold, we put on jumpers. We put our trust in all these kind of usual things. To school our kids, we make them go to school and to get money, we do jobs. But our faith is in Jesus. My faith is in Jesus alone. We do all those other things and then we stand on Jesus alone. There's no other name. If you want the power of God behind you, like David did, then be bold as a lion. Take that risk and put all of your faith into Jesus alone. Am I preaching to just me tonight? Because small is 
says, I am. And, uh, you know, I'm powerless, really. What can I change in this world? I haven't got hardly any power at all, to be honest. Um, And not much strength. And my heart is very, very little and stingy. As small as I am and as small as you are, when we have Jesus, we can be bold as lions because he is all-powerful. He is all-authority. He's a creator of all things seen and unseen, everything that has been made, heaven and earth, all the past, all the future. He holds it all in his hands. He holds it all together. That is the God that we follow, that we stand on a firm foundation, unshaken. And that's why we can take that risk and put all our faith into Jesus. In fact, if you haven't ever done that, or perhaps you've been a bit um, vague about it or a bit reluctant to or a bit... Uh, half-hearted about it in the past. We're going to put that prayer up right now, if that's okay, Ty, Um, which is, you know, a prayer to dedicate our lives to Jesus. And if you haven't done this before, or if you haven't done it in a long time and you think, I really need to, take that extra step and take that risk and commit myself to Jesus. I have not been living bold as a lion in faith in God. Then we're going to pray this all together. The very first time I prayed a prayer like this, I just said it in my head, in my heart. I just prayed it and meant it with all of my heart. That's all you have to do. Jesus says, just call on the name of Jesus and you will be saved. And we believe that he's here tonight, able to listen and hear our prayers. So let's all pray this together. I won't say a word ahead of you. We'll all pray it at the same time, nice and slowly. Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God, that you died on the cross and rose again to forgive my sins. I ask that you forgive me. I give you my life and I invite you to be my Lord and Saviour. Today I am born again. I am not who I used to be. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And we would love you uh, after the service if you have said that for the first time or if something has changed in you that's made you go, I need to pray this afresh tonight, then please come and talk with me about it or any of the people that you see up on stage. Um, If you don't have a Bible, we'd love to give you a Bible, you know, and just pray with you and knock elbows with you and um, talk with you about the decision you've made tonight. It is a risk to follow Jesus with all of your heart. And that's why we need to be bold as lions. Bold as lions in our faith. You know, before David goes into the fight, uh, when he just first arrives and he hears what's going on, and then he decides in his own mind to fight Goliath, he starts asking around. He's a clever man. He's kind of like, hey, guys. Um, what's the reward? Because he knows this is a big deal. There's got to be a good thing I'm getting out of this. What's the reward? What what would someone get if they do fight this Goliath? And people start telling him, the reward is great. Get to marry the king's daughter. Get to never pay taxes ever again. He's like, sweet. This is sounding good. He's checking with people. Do you know what the reward is? What's the reward? And then his brother hears him. And his older brother, really typical. I love how the Bible shows us 
you know, no, it's t- the real story, warts and all. Older brother says, what are you doing here? Get out of here. Go back home to dad. Go back to the fields where you're meant to be. Isn't that a typical older brother? Go back to dad. Get out. Go home. You're not meant to be here. You just came to bring the lunch. You're not good enough to be here. Get out of here. Go home. And David responds, perfect little brother. Oh, what have I done now? He literally says that. And then he says, can't I even speak? I can't even I ask questions? And he doesn't listen to his older brother to go home. He keeps asking other people, do you know what the reward is? Have you heard what the reward is? And then he decides to go and he actually gains the reward in the end, doesn't he? If you are going through a battle against some issue in your life, then you've got to surround yourself with people, the community of believers, who will be telling you the reward, reminding you following Jesus is worth the risk. Following Jesus, be bold as a lion. Remember the promises of God. And don't be listening to those people who are telling you, go home, give up, stop this fight. You can't win. Let it go. Go back to your old life. Don't listen to those people. So share your story with the community of believers. We're not meant to be alone in this. We can't be against a giant. But make sure you're listening only to those ones who are telling you about being bold as a lion, about the reward. And after the battle... This is something I only recently saw. After the battle, so there's a big, you know, Goliath is down. They overrun the Philistines. Everyone's celebrating. David's still wandering around with the severed head. It's all pretty gruesome, hot, flies around probably. And from a distance, King Saul is watching. It says he's watching David as he's leaving. So he's leaving the battlefield after it's all done. And King Saul turns to the person beside him, his advisor, and he says, whose son is that? But the weird thing is, Saul has already talked to David. He already said, you know, you can't do it. You'll need your armor and um, take the armor on and take your off. And actually the chapter before, he's already met David's dad, Jesse. He's already met his dad. He knows where his kid's from. He knows all about um, David and how good he can play the harp and things. But after the battle, he turns to his advisor and he says, whose son is that? Because now he sees the victory. He looks at him with fresh eyes. He says, that victory didn't come from that small boy. There's more power there. There's more strength there. There's more authority there than that came from that one person. Where did it come from? And he knows it came from his father. And there are people who are watching us right now as we go through our battles. And they're probably thinking, yep, you're the same as anyone else. You're going to make it or you're not going to make it. You're going to come through scathed like everyone else. And when you get your victory in Jesus, they're going to take a second look and go, well, there's more to that victory than is just in you. You're not strong enough. You're not wise enough. You don't have the power or the strength or the authority. Where has that come from? Whose child is that? Whose father is your father? And then that very thing which you thought would overwhelm you and 
be the end of you maybe, becomes like a light of salvation and hope to other people. That very thing, which is just what Jesus always does. And he's always telling us like, look at the cross and see how I did this and I can do it in your life. Look at the cross and see that moment where I died and they thought it was the end, but I turned that into the beginning. I can do the same in your situation. Look at the cross, which is this moment of hate and violence and destruction and how I turned it into a place of life-giving streams of mercy and forgiveness and healing. I can do the same in your life. Look at the cross, which is a place, a moment where everything was just stripped bare. Everything was stripped away. Everything was taken away, stolen, unjustly. And I turned that into the place where for all of history behind and for all of future forever, life flows for eternity, not just this life, for eternal life. And I can do the same in your life. And I can do the same not just for your giant, but for your whole life. Jesus is the Redeemer, the one of second chances. And he's always pointing us, look at the cross. Don't be distracted by how tall your giant looks. To Jesus, he can overcome that giant. He's not even going to break a sweat. He's not going to get tired. It's not going to tire him out. He can easily overcome the giants that we face. I've been listening to this song over the past couple of weeks, and it has this amazing line in it that says, if it's not beautiful, you're not finished with it yet. You know, if you're looking at your life and you're looking at it like, man, this is a mess. I can't see my way out. I don't know where we're going to go from here. That's because he's not finished with it yet. It's like standing in a half-built house. Or like when you move or you do spring cleaning, it always looks worse before it's finished. He's just not finished with it yet. If it's not beautiful, can that be our new song? When we look at our lives and we see those issues and we see the mess, and even in other people's lives, it's not beautiful because he's not finished with it yet. But he will be. He is the completer, the author and the completer of our faith. His promise is that I will complete the work that I have begun in you. And we need to be a people boldly holding on to that, like a lion. No matter what kind of mess I see around me, I'm standing like a lion. You will complete it. You, I'm just going to keep on holding on to you, Jesus, until it is beautiful. And then I will continue to praise you. Isn't he amazing? We just put Psalm 84, verse 6 and 7 up on the screen for us. Psalm 84. As they pass through the valley of weeping, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains cover it with pools and they go from strength to strength until each appears before God in Zion. 
you know, with all the stuff going on in the world at the moment, not even counting personal issues you're going through, it's a, there's a lot of people saying, well, first there was a fire and then there was a flood and I was evacuated and then my car was drowned and then my, you know, then there's a worldwide pandemic and it's not even March yet, let alone all the things that have happened in my own personal life, people sick and the finances and the, the car and the money and then the husband and then the kids. And we are not a people who recite our litany of woes. Believers in Jesus are a people who recite our litany of faith, the faithful acts that Jesus has done for us in the past. And we go from strength to strength until we appear before God. We're not a people who go from crisis to crisis to crisis. People who are believers in Jesus will go from strength to strength to strength. And we need to be bold as lions to remind each other of this and remind ourselves of this. If you find yourself starting to tell yourself a litany of woes and then this happened and then that happened and then this happened, then take your spirit by the shoulders and say, come on, woman, come on, man. They have faith bold as a lion in Jesus, our Saviour. We go from strength to strength, not in our own power, but with the power of God on our side for us and with us. Amen. That's the bit I need you to throw back at me. Come on, bold as a lion. All right, so if you know me at all, you'll know that I like to be practical. So here are some ways for us to live in order that we're able to be bold as lions in our faith. The first is to pray. I can't tell you how often I've been telling my good friend, Pastor Pauline, about stuff that's going on, and she'll say, have you prayed? You can tell it in my voice. When my voice is getting like high and frantic, she can probably tell. Have you prayed? No, clearly not. And then I'll pray and God will speak to me and things get back in perspective. I can't tell you how many times it happens and how many times I speak to other people. I may not have an answer for you, but I can tell if you've prayed or not because there's a difference when we pray that maybe the problem doesn't go away, but our spirit has got peace. We know that the Lord is with us. He hasn't forsaken us or left us. He's got a plan to get us through. So pray, pray about everything. Always pray, pray first, pray about everything. Two is to read our Bible in conjunction with that. How can we know what the Word of God is saying if we don't open the Word of God? God speaks to us chiefly through the Scriptures. Read the Bible. Three is to be in church every week. Make that your life to be part, not just attend the service, to be part of the community, the body of Christ. With Christ at our head, the church is God's idea. It's our privilege. It's our great gift from God, straight from the heart of Jesus, to come together and be part of a church where He dwells among us. So be in church every Sunday. Unless, of course, there's a massive corona outbreak, in which case you'll have to FaceTime us or something. But apart from that, be part of the community of believers and do good things. Do good things. Doesn't the Word of God tell us, you know, to, to comfort others and we will be comforted? 
reach out to others and somehow God comforts us in those times. Is that a new story? No, that's exactly the same thing that Peter was saying, that John was saying, that Jude was saying, that James was saying, that Paul was saying. It's the same deal. There's no new information. There's no new mystery. Pray, read the Bible, be part of the community of believers and do good. That's how we live and overcome every giant. And I know it's really hard sometimes uh, to pray and to read your Bible when you're going through a really big issue, when you're facing a giant. I know you kind of look and go, well, where do I even start? I don't know what to pray about. I don't know what to do. And I want to give you a really practical tip. And that is, if you have the ability, you can download this thing called version Bible on your phones and it's got this thing called plan and all you need to do is click on plans it's got this picture like a magnifying glass that means search you click on that and you can search for like any topic at all if you are going you know if you've got difficulties with step children step parenting you look up a plan about step parenting if you're going through times of anxiety or depression there's a million plans in there about anxiety or depression um, you know, finances and um, divorce and schoolwork and money and employment and marriage and children and new to faith and baptism. Whatever you're facing at the time, do a study into that and get the Word of God, what He's saying about that very issue, bullying and loneliness. And they'll take you to the Word of God. How easy is that and it'll give you three days or seven days or a month or a year of a study into that exact thing parenting did I say that one babies because we often think oh I'm going through this really hard time with depression and then we read all this stuff about communion or lust, divorce, and we go, well, God hasn't got anything to say to me. Do a study on the very topic that you're going through and begin to get the Word of God so that when you start facing your giant, you start hearing his taunts, you're not running away. You're standing bold as a lion and say, you, zip it. This is what the Word of God says. You have no words to say to me, no authority to say to me here. This is what the Word of God says about that very issue. It's taking those stones that David had and uh, throwing them exactly where it's going to hurt. So you may need to take time to reflect, do those study plans, find the words of God for your particular issue. But I've given you all a freebie tonight, and that is that the godly are as bold as lions. So what I'd like to do is get the music team come on back up. Pretty please. Yeah, get your claws out. Get your roar on. We are going to close with this song, Breakthrough. We'll start from the beginning and uh, just sing that song again. Singing a joyful noise to God. Proclaiming, declaring our breakthrough in Jesus tonight. And just before we do that, can I ask you all to stand? as lions. Okay, I want you all to yell it out at the count of three. One, two, three. 
The godly are as bold as lions. One more time. The godly are as bold as lions. I lied one last time. The godly are as bold as lions. Amen. Get that alone into our spirits. When we're facing those giants, I want to encourage you to read again David and Goliath. Do a study into that thing that is your very facing at the time. Be part of the community of believers and let's just declare that God is mighty to overcome every single giant, cutting off its head, parading it around for the world to see that He is the one who is our Father. Come on, let's sing this breakthrough song together to finish our service tonight. Thank you.